0: Welcome to the Small Caps Podcast, where we discuss news and information related to ASX listed companies and financial markets, keeping investors informed. Note that the content in this podcast is not financial or investment advice, and be sure to head over to smallcaps.com.au to get the latest market news. Now, without further delay, here's today's podcast.
1: Hello, welcome to Small Caps. I'm Peter Capsamis. Well, with a uranium price hitting a near 15-year high, coupled with a call for cleaner and greener energy, the prospect of uranium and nuclear energy is back on the table. Uranium producer BOSS Energy, that's ASX code BOE, is amongst those in the mix for a bright 2024. To tell us more, I'm joined by CEO and Managing Director Duncan Crabe. Duncan, we got there. Welcome to the show.
0: Peter, thanks very much. Thanks for having me back on the show.
1: Now, give us a quick recap of your main project, the Honeymoon Project in South Australia. It's been a long time coming. Uh, Where are you right now?
0: It's a terribly exciting time, Peter. We're right on the verge of starting our first production. So the Honeymoon Mine, located in South Australia, will be that state's third operating uranium mine, similar to Olympic Dam and uh, BHP's Olympic Dam and Four Mile. So we'll be the first coming or the third coming into that state, but the first in Australia in the past decade to come online. So very exciting time for uranium mining within the whole of Australia.
1: Yeah, it is very exciting indeed, as you say. Run us through the numbers uh, in terms of the life of mine, the planned annual production, because it's, uh, it's pretty much all systems go now, isn't it?
0: It really is. I mean, we've started pre-flushing the well fields, and that's what was announced uh just recently because it shows that we're already getting the right tenor of uranium being leached from the well field, which is what we need in order to start commercial production. So we'll be ready to produce our first drum of uranium by the end of February 2024, which is in line with our schedule. So We're on track, we're on budget, we're on time to meet our production forecast. It's a two-year ramp-up, so the first year we'll produce, or 12 months, we'll produce between £850,000 to £1 million per annum, the second year up to £1.6 million, and the third year up to £2.45 million per annum. So, And then that's your nameplate capacity for a sort of 10, 11-year mine life. But what's important to note is that's only based on half our JORC resource, which is what the current mine licence sits on. Outside of that JORC resource of £36 million sits another £36 million on two satellite deposits. So it really is, there's a huge um, sort of... uh, uh, sort of opportunity here to extend the life of mine or increase the annual production throughput. And I say increase annual production throughput because we've also got an export permit, uh, which is federal government endorsed, for up to £3.3 million per annum. So nameplate production, £2.45 million, an export licence for up to 3.3. So we can actually increase our annual production and export capability. So, yeah, it's just an exciting time. And as you mentioned, the uranium price hitting 81 US a pound, 15-year high. You couldn't time it better to bring a new operation into production.
1: Yeah, you'd be fair to say all your Christmases are coming at once, Duncan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh- You'd like to say that but it's been 7 years of toiling to get to this point so yeah it's uh 7 Christmases to get to this point um but yeah we're we're absolutely delighted and uh you know it's all about people 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 and and the best thing about South Australia it is a premier Jurisdiction in Australia for uranium mining, as mentioned, Olympic Dam, Four Mile. You've got real skills and capabilities to actually operate these mines, and you know that state's been exporting material in excess of twenty years. So, yeah, it's a, it's just a, it, it's really re- rewarding, and particularly um for those who have been involved with the project for some time now. Uh,
1: you uh, you mentioned about the um ore traces in the wells, which you announced just uh, I think uh, a few days a few days ago. What does that? How does that position you? I guess going forward, what's the significance of that? Because it, it's it's kind of a big deal. Yeah.
0: The significance is the previous operators were only able to achieve an average of fifty three milligram per liter of uranium in the pregnant leach solution or the solution coming out of the well field we're already at 70 milligram per litre. So it just shows that we've introduced more modern well-filled um, sort of techniques. We proved this capability back in the uh, back half of 2017 when we ran our field leach trial. Now we're doing it on a commercial scale and achieving those higher grades. So for the purposes of our feasibility study, we're more um, conservative. We only used a, um, an average of 47 milligram per litre. But as mentioned, we're already at 70 and we're yet to get started at using our proper Lixivian, our our sort of desired chemistry mix. So it just shows that the mining method or the extraction of that uranium's on target for where we want it to be.
1: Well, it's a good segue in terms of uh, the fact that you're adopting IX, iron exchange technology at the processing plant. Mm -hmm. So this is one benefit, I guess, of uh, adopting it and uh, why you'd be implementing it uh, further, I guess.
0: Absolutely. I mean, iron exchange accounts for over 60% of the world supply of uranium. So all of the Kazakhstan operations uses iron exchange, which is the leading country for uranium production. Uh, in the North America, you've got Wyoming, you've got Texas and in Australia. So that <clears throat> nearest mine of ours, the four mile mine, 300 kilometres to our west, uses iron exchange and in situ recovery to actually extract the uranium. So this is a proven tried method. And the reason why it's so prevalent and prominent within our industry today is that it was able to survive when the commodity price was in the doldrums because it's a cheaper, more effective means of actual processing. So it's the right technology for our deposit. And uh, yeah, it will lead to increased production throughput and lower costs leading to more profit uh, and and you know the dividends for shareholders.
1: Okay, you've mentioned uh, increased production and throughput, et cetera what's happening with ongoing drilling uh, at those satellite deposits. You touched on it and danced around it a moment ago, but in terms of exploration in the region, uh, Jason's Goldsdam, Biliru, Sunrise deposits, What's on the horizon? What's around the corner? Thank you. So
0: we're currently in field drilling. We've just finished on Goulds Dam, and the actual uh, resource definition and work is going on now between our geology team and competent person. Um, so really, just to prove up the resource there. But what's happened out at Goulds Dam's really surpassed our expectations. I mean, the grades a lot higher. The de- the, the deposits, um, the widths are fantastic for well fields. And then, as you mentioned kindly, um, yeah, another two uh, deposits were identified being sunrise and Belarus. so that region's opening up What we now need to do is then apply a mining license over that property and then we'll look to basically trunk or pipe that product back to the honeymoon mine in the absence of that we would truck, the resin beads back to the mine for further processing. So, yeah, I mean, what that will do is is just um, really lead to to more utilisation of the plant, whether we increase that life of mine or grow the the production rates. But very very exciting. The rigs are currently working now on the Jasons deposit, some um, fifteen kilometres to our north, and it's another satellite deposit that we can look to to um, be processed through Honeymoon. To the south of our project, we're also awarded some, uh, we call it the Kinlock properties. South Australian government awarded us four tenements there. It's a land package of about three and a half thousand uh, square kilometers. It's got old traces of uranium, but that in itself is also, uh, you know, a very exciting sort of greenfield type project. So, our focus now we get we've been really concentrated get honeymoon into production. Now we're really going to focus on the exploration and really adding more pounds to the actual plant to increase our throughput. So, yeah, exciting period.
1: Uh, exciting all around, uh, coupled with that uh, fifteen-year high price what we mentioned before. What's um what do you make of the recent run? Uh what's driving what's under I, I guess uh, in the I, underlying I think it's
0: a combination of a few things, but largely the mobile inventory. So that surplus inventory that can sort of be moved around and traded has been soaked up. I mean, whether it be financial players like the Sprott Commodity Trust or really the drawdown by fuel buyers, but it's simply a tightening of the market. The demand's there, but there's a lack of new supply coming into the market. And I think that's where Honeymoon's really well positioned. We've got that first mover advantage now to seize upon these higher prices. And when I look around the landscape, I can't see another Australian mine uranium coming into production the next four or five years. So we really do have that significant advantage to capture market share. And that, that's the key. So what's been pleasing with the recent price rises? every time it ratchets up, it seems to be staying there and supported by fuel buyers. So it's no longer just financial players pushing and manipulating the price underlying support by fuel buyers is what's what's keeping it there and that to me is incredibly reassuring so for a commodity price of just over 18 months ago it was hovering around the the sort of you know high 20s or so um, to now be at 81 us per pound uh it's just terrific so um i i believe that and what's talked about in the industry is that 80 to 85 us per pound is an incentivized price to bring on new production but as we know is are you in the right jurisdiction? Do you have the right people? Have you got your mining licences? Have you organised your financing to build these mines? They're all the determinants now that those developing companies are going to have to focus on. And fortunately for Honeymoon, we're nearly there. I mean, our wellfields are now producing. We're just making the final touches to the processing plant and by the end of February next year we'll be producing uh, uranium ready for the export market. So yeah, it's it's about timing this game. I mean, you really want to position the mine and um, as mentioned, after seven years, we've had time to strategize and try and get it right. So fingers crossed we've we've done it properly.
1: Last one from me. I guess the appetite and the conversation and the acceptance, I guess, uh, uh, you know, around uranium and nuclear, it's becoming more common, if you will. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the drive for nuclear power, absolutely. Worldwide, I mean, it's part of the energy mix. So to decarbonize the world and, and really pursue green carbon-free baseload power, nuclear is gaining great prominence. So um, hopefully in Australia we can we can look towards introducing that as a power source. But really, I mean, for our purposes, and that that would be you know what I would like for my children and nieces and nephews um, to have that as part of our energy mix together with renewable power. Um, but having said that, you know, there is an export market and that's growing. So if you look around the world, I mean, we're getting huge inbound interest from, call it North America, Europe, um, South Korea, Japan, et cetera. There's a growing demand for for nuclear energy. And when you look around the landscape, you know, Australia's got a third of the world's, uh, the third largest sort of resource um, within as a country. So there's enormous potential here as a country to, to sort of extract that material and sell um, maybe one day. Uh, we will go nuclear in Australia, but if not, the demand's there internationally and that's where we'll be selling. So, you know, our target markets to start with would be North America and Europe. Um, We've deliberately held back from entering into contracts because we could see the price rising. And thank goodness we have because you're now entering a market where you can use what we call market-related contracts with a floor and a ceiling, um, the floor to protect the the producer, the ceiling to protect the buyer, so to speak. And those have been ratcheting up with the uh, increase in the spot price. So, yeah, we've been very fortuitous to, to have timed it this way and uh, really look forward to success going forward and for all our stakeholders to benefit from that.
1: Well, Duncan, thanks for your time. We appreciate the insight. Uh, it seems, uh, as you said, a very positive uh, and, uh, I guess, a productive 2020 to 2024 for you. So all I can say is uh, keep bossing it uh, next year and beyond.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you.